941 days. That's how many days it took for Clay Day to finally arrive. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, the basketball world, Miss Clay Thompson. Warriors fans, Miss Clay Thompson, and both of us, we miss Clay Thompson. Like, so... How were you feeling when that introduction of Clay Thompson was was like live? Because I for sure had tears on my eyes, no cap. Gave me the chills, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm at a loss for words because he's finally back, and I love him. 941 days. That's a long time. That was 2019. That was, was Miley career. 2019 and I was 17 in 2019 now I'm 20 that's a long time um and for that to be such a long time for a guy whose life is centered around basketball and I, I I can't imagine what Clay was feeling but I mean but he also put on a little bit of uh I would. I mean, it was it was a show. Eighteen shots in twenty minutes, like you said. How many points did he score? Seventeen. 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 Had a nice uh, little poster, um, and then his first basket was taken into the rack and a little fadeaway. I mean, he multiple times he did the step back fadeaway, and he looked like the old Clay, old Clay Thompson. It was an amazing sight to see, um, but we'll get into the Cavs game and we'll preview the upcoming four game road trip and let's get a pop in. Boom, boom. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the whole the whole story of this game was Clay Thompson, without a doubt. I mean, win or lose, I think this whole day was Clay Thompson. I did he even care if Clay shot what zero for twelve? It was just great seeing him back on the court, and obviously there was going to be questions with clay and all that but obviously clay looked great i mean offensively he still has the touch i mean obviously if you're coming off two and a half years he's going to be a little rusty and he showed that in the first couple minutes which was obviously expected uh he had 17 points which was great and 18 shots i mean in 20 minutes it's old clay thompson we're back to that and it's great to see clay receive the love that chase center had i mean man i i wish i could have been part of that atmosphere but that was been that have been a crazy experience to be a part of. So great to see Clay back and have great moments throughout this whole game. Uh, he had that block. Um, I think it was a help help side block on Markinen. I think which was also a highlight on the defense. Like he still has the touch on the defensive end, and I'm excited to see what he looks like moving forward when he gets his legs under him. So. Um, do you think that defensive side of uh, Clay is going to be lost or going to be returned to the same as it was before? Um, I think he's still going to be a premier defender. Um, I think he still needs to get his feet under him, obviously, which is why he plays in short four to five minute stints. Um, 
but I still think that he'll be one of the best defenders on the floor in regards to the Warriors roster. Um, I think him, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond are probably going to be the best three defenders. And like I've said in previous episodes, Steph's de- the way Steph's defense has improved has been tremendous from past years. So, and Kevon Looney can hold his own with other big men. So, I mean, obviously the Warriors are a number one defensive rated team for a reason, and Clay is only going to help that. It's not he's not going to make it worse at all. Um, but that's but the spacing. I, the spacing is insane. We I can mean, see the, it already. The spacing, something. It, it, Steph literally had a wide open layup, a wide open driving lane to the basket because Clay was in exactly, the corner. Exactly. It's it's honestly amazing that if, for example, if Steph has some game in the playoffs where he's going nuclear and he gets double teamed, who's the hell is guarding Clay Thompson? Because Clay Thompson gonna be wide open. He's gonna drain one. And now that you now with the emergence of Andrew Wiggins offensively and him and his aggressiveness, you have another, you have a third option. And then if you're playing in the lineup with Jordan Poole, you got another option. It's like the adding Clay Thompson just makes the Warriors so much better. And with how deep the Warriors roster is, it puts them it puts other teams at such a disadvantage when playing the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, we saw it tonight too. Um especially with the big man lineup for the Cavs, you know, Mobley, Jared Allen, um, those guys can kill you in the paint, in the rebounding game. But surprisingly, they did out-rebound the Cavs 51-42. to They had, like, several offensive rebounds. Looney had a career day, 18 rebounds. I'm like, I've never seen this kind of Looney, but I love Looney for this game. Um Kept kept the bigs in check. They didn't um, allow them to dominate the paint. And obviously it was all rebounding by committee where every guy had several rebounds. Obviously Looney had the, had the most rebounds on the team, but you got Porter who got an extra rebound off a free throw or Gary Payne the second or Steph Curry getting offensive rebound. It's just the little things that everyone does in white to get a rebound is what makes this team so good. It's a collective effort. It's not one guy, uh, like, for example, Rudy Gobert getting 20 rebounds a night, and that's your bulk of your rebounding. So um, I guess the whole big man concern is not even really a thing anymore. It's just obviously in some games you're going to get dominated by guys like Embiid or Giannis. So obviously I'm not worried about the whole big man concern anymore, So especially without Draymond. So... Yeah, I'm not worried about that at all. Because to be honest with you, that Cavs lineup is fucking scary. Where you, that have, is scary. where you have three guys who are over seven feet, and all three of them can dominate the glass and put it back up, and can be threats offensively. I don't know. Evan Mobley is good. That man should be really in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. I understand that Cade has been out for a couple games, and he's probably the front runner. Um, Jalen Green, but I mean Evan Mobley, very underrated. He's great. In He's my a opinion. great player. He's a great player. I, Credit I to him. Yeah, I mean, Credit I think I think I think Kate Cunningham is generational talent, and I think obviously the Pistons hit on that. 
but I do think that Evan Mobley could have a chance to be the best player in that draft class. That may be a little bit of a hot take, but I mean, there's a lot of talent in that draft. There's a lot of talent. Oh, that's right. Who would the Warriors take? Oh, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga in five years could be the best player out of that draft class. So I'm saying something here. Um, But I think the Warriors' performance was one, impressive without Draymond, who's the best defender in this generation and probably the front runner for defensive player of the year. Um, and ha- should have more defensive players of the years, like I've said in previous episodes, because Rudy Gobert doesn't deserve three defensive player of the years, but that's like a totally different topic. <laughs> um, but, and I think the Cavs, and I think the Cavs are a really good young team and the Warriors, but there is one thing that I like to point out going off topic is that I think Steph's finally out of his slump. And I think that was because Clay Thompson was on the floor with him. All I'm saying. Um, the first quarter, it looked like he was out of his slump, but um, obviously he missed a couple few open ones, which is okay. I'm not too worried about. I'm just, I'm just saying, he had, a, he had a really quiet 28 points. He did. It didn't really seem like he had 28. It was just yeah. like, a, obviously the um the the Clay Thompson stuff. I kind of did overshadow the 28, but it's all about Clay Thompson. It's Clay Day, but I do want to talk about Draymond. This new calf injury concern. Um. Uh, he was a late scratch, and he just um, just started just for the opening tip. So, I do you think the Warriors should be? Yeah, do you think the Warriors should be cautious with the whole calf stuff? Because we saw KD with the whole calf strain, and we know how that ended up uh, Achilles tear in Game Five. So, do you think they should be more cautious this time around with uh, Dre and that calf injury or strain or whatever? Uh, my opinion on the subject: No, I don't think. I don't think there's a. I think it's okay to be cautious. I mean, the Warriors are 30 and nine. Um, They're the second in the Western Conference right now. I don't think there's too much. I don't think you have too much to lose. I do think that this road trip is important. I think having Draymond would be um, better. But if it's... Seems serious. I'd probably hold him back just to not risk anything. That's just my opinion on it. But I would, I would, I think the Warriors obviously would be better with Draymond on the four. Um, but I mean, it is a cause of concern. That's for sure. That's for sure. Damn sure. Yeah. Um, you don't want to end up the whole KD situation again. So I guess in my opinion as well, I agree with you. I mean, to... if, we, if we go back to the KD situation, he hurt his calf in game five of the Western conference semifinals against the Rockets. He was out for three weeks. And then he, he tore his Achilles for really measuring time. Um, and then he whole after he left, he had the whole stuff about saying that the Warriors medical staff forced him to play and a bunch of bullshit like that. Um, excuse my language. Uh, but I don't think, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not Rick Celebrini, the Warriors medical trainer. So no clue. Um, but I do think it's a cause. I don't think it's a little bit of a cause of concern. And I think the Warriors will be at an extreme disadvantage when they play this four game road trip against a very legit, Memphis Grizzlies team, the former uh, defending NBA champs, and the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the Bulls, and then, and then the T Wolves, who are real, who are who are Timber, good. They're good. Who are cuties? But. Yeah. So that four Playing game team. road trip, they're a playing team. Yeah, we'll see. 
But that four game road trip, there's a tough task. I'll be happy with a a split in that road trip, a two two. So because you got a back to back with the Bulls and Timberwolves, Grizzlies who are really hot right now because they're off on a nine game winning streak. Bucks, they've been great as solid as always. Bulls doing great, and the Timberwolves are on the rise. So. A two and two split, I think, in my opinion, is a win, especially going on the East Coast. So do you agree with that split sentiment being the ceiling or do you think three and one is a thing? With with Claystone as minutes restriction and possibly without Draymond, realistically, it's two and two. I see don't see them beating the Bucks with Giannis and the size of disadvantage and Giannis being an absolute beast. Um, I don't. I do think that the Grizzlies have the Warriors number. That's just me. I just you saw the playing game last year where the Warriors single-handedly lost to Grayson Allen in overtime. But this um, is different this time. It's different. I, this I understand time. this is different this time. And Grayson Allen's now on the Bucks. But I, I think when the Warriors lost their first game of the year, it was to Memphis. Granted, the Warriors turned the ball over 20-plus times that night. Um, and then they played them a second time where Steph went nuclear and had like 40, 40 43 or 44. Um, but I do think John Morant and that young he's Memphis, legit. Memphis he's really good. squad is they're scary. They're going to be a very good team. And I think John Morant should be uh, next to Steph and uh, guards for the all-star game. So vote John Morant and Steph Curry. Just putting it out there. Um, but if I were to predict, I think – probably losses to the Grizzlies and Bucks, and I think they beat the Bulls and Timberwolves. That's my guess. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think they beat the Grizzlies. Uh, I think they lose to the Bucks, and one of the back-to-backs is a win or loss. So, because um, scheduled back-to-backs on the road is usually means one loss for sure. Um, they probably might rest Steph or something. Probably one of those nights. So I think one of those games is a is a loss. So um, two and two. I think that's that would be great. And I think that'll be great. This is going to be a great test for the Warriors to see where they're at. Obviously, without Dre, if he's not going to be there, it might not be a great indicator. But it's a good test to face, you know, championship caliber teams um, or playoff contending teams. So great test for the Warriors. Um, but moving forward to the whole Clay Thompson minutes, um, how do you think they should? That how should the coaching staff treat his minutes? Do you think they should play Claymore in close situations, or do you think they should stick with um, the four four periods of five minutes for like a couple weeks or something? Right now, I think it should be the minutes restriction, no matter what. Um, but as we get into February, March, I think if they are in a tight game, per se, a game against the Jazz. I think they probably should go if they're against a top team in the West or the East. Um, they should probably just extend his minutes into crunch time and see how he plays, just to see if he's a defensively he's a liability or et cetera, and he's not quick on his feet, et cetera. I don't think that'll be the case, but I think it's good to see what he looks like in, in crunch time as the playoffs near. That's just yeah, on it. I agree with you. Um, 20 minutes, first couple months, and then ramp it up 25, 30. Get at least to the 35 mark before 
playoffs come around, I feel like that would be a great, great like finish line or starting point to really see if Clay gets back to normal. And before we're sure he's going to get back to normal, it's just a matter of when. Um, it's going to exactly. take some time. It's going to take time. We just got to be patient as uh, Warriors fans. And I think Warriors fans know that. It's been two and a half years since Clay was away from the game. So he's going to be off sometimes, off nights. He's going to have rhythm problems for the first couple of months. We just got to be patient with Clay. And eventually he'll he'll pop off again and we'll be like a sight for sore eyes when we see that again. So obviously as Dub Nation fans, we're all happy right now. We're all happy right now to see Clay back. So, um, and we hope you all are too seeing Clay Thompson back, even if you're not a Warriors fan. Um, but if you're a basketball fan, if you must be happy. Fan, get out. Just kidding. I appreciate <laughs> you listening. You must be really happy to see Clay back. Um, the game missed him, and it's just great. I'm really happy. So, yeah. Can't wait to see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Shot 18. Shots in 20 minutes. 18 shots in 20 minutes. Eighteen shots in twenty minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Eighteen shots in twenty minutes. Eighteen shots tonight. Yeah. I was eighteen shots in twenty minutes. I mean, nothing's really changed. And the old Clay is back with his post-game interviews. <laughs> now to conclude episode number 67 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Make sure you check out the Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and the Twitter at Dubs Pod. Make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because I read those during my free time. Um, And make sure catch us in the next one. Clay Thompson's back. Life is good. The Warriors are 30 and 9. There's a lot to smile about in the world, everyone. Keep going. Take life one day at a time. I'm out. Let's go.